intently. Above her, dozens of black women and children and a few red-faced men peered over the rail. They had seen the attempted escape on the sandbar. The men had cutlasses and barked orders in harsh, raspy voices. She had arrived at the slave ship. The canoemen untied the lashing and pushed the woman toward a rope ladder, which she ascended with fifteen others from her canoe, everyone naked. Several of the men climbed up with them, as did the black trader in a gold-laced hat who had escorted them from the canoe house to the Albacucu. Most of the people in her group, herself included, were amazed by what they saw, but a couple of the male captives seemed strangely at ease, even speaking to the white men in their own tongue. Here was a world unto itself, with tall, shaved, limbless trees, strange instruments, and a high-reaching system of ropes. Pigs, goats, and fowl milled around the main deck. One of the white men had a local parrot, another a monkey. The Albacucu was so big, it even had its own Ubawanta, small boat, on board. Another white man, filthy in his person, leered at her, made a lewd gesture, and tried to grope her. She lunged at the man, digging her fingernails into his face, bringing blood in several places before he disentangled himself from her and lashed her sharply three times with a small whip he was carrying. The black trader intervened and hustled her away. As she recovered her composure, she surveyed the faces of the other prisoners on the main deck. All of them were young, some of them children. In her village, she was considered middling in age, but here she was one of the oldest. She had been purchased only because the clever black trader had sold a large group in a lot, leaving the captain no choice but to take what he was offered, all or none. On the ship, she would be an elder. Many of the people on deck seemed to speak her language, Igbo, although many of them differently from herself. She recognized a couple of other groups of people from her home region, the simple Apas and the darker, more robust Atoms. Many of the captives, she would learn later, had been on board the ship for months. The first two had been named Adam and Eve by the sailors. Three or four were sweeping the deck. Many were washing up. Sailors handed out small wooden bowls for the afternoon meal. The ship's cook served beef and bread to some, the more familiar yams with palm oil to others. The main deck bustled with noisy activity. A white man with black skin, a sailor, screamed, Domona! Quiet! against the din. Two other white men seemed to be especially important to everything that happened. The big man on board was the captain, whose words caused the other white men to jump. He and the doctor busily checked the newcomers, head, eyes, teeth, limbs, and belly. They inspected a family, a husband, wife, and child, who had come aboard together from her canoe. The man was taken, with tears in his eyes, through the barricado door into the forward part of the ship. From beyond the barrier, she heard the cries of another man getting pem-pem, a beating. She recognized his anguished intonation as Ibibio. Soon after she had been examined, a white man barked at her, Get below! Now! Hurry! and pushed her toward a big square hole in the deck. A young woman standing nearby feared that she did not understand the order and whispered urgently, Gemala! Guango!" As she descended the rungs of a ladder into the lower deck, a horrific stench assaulted her nostrils and suddenly made her dizzy, weak, queasy. She knew it was the smell of awawo, death. 
It emanated from two sick women lying alone in a dark corner, unattended, near the athasa, or mess tub, as the white men called it. The women died the following day, their bodies thrown overboard. Almost instantaneously, the surrounding waters broke, swirled, and reddened. The shark that had followed her canoe had its meal at last. The story of this woman was one act in what the great African-American scholar-activist W.E.B. Du Bois called the most magnificent drama in the last thousand years of human history, the transportation of ten million human beings out of the dark beauty of their mother continent into the newfound El Dorado of the West. They descended into hell. Expropriated from her native land, the woman was forced aboard a slave ship to be transported to a new world of work and exploitation where she would likely produce sugar, tobacco, or rice.